Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, democracy. Big week. It is a big week. It's a it's a week that's been a long time coming. Millennia in the works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we get to that, we have some updates to some other elections that we didn't get to this week, mainly Costa Rica, Azerbaijan, Brazil, and Hungary. Kaylee, what do you have to say? Well, Costa Rica was an interesting election. Uh, it looked like it could have gone one of two ways after a ruling that LGBT marriage had to be legalized in most Latin American countries. It was divided between a liberal and uh, somebody who was a more conservative religious person. And the liberal, Carlos Alvarado, Alvarado won by landslide. Okay. So that's sort of the optimistic one. Uh, Azerbaijan uh, looks a little like uh, the president called an election, a snap election several months early. It was supposed to be in October and it's going to be, it, what, or is it go- it's going to be this weekend, I think. Yeah. And uh, he looks like he's arresting journalists all over the place. And there are several people who are several groups who are concerned about this election. And finally, Brazil, it looks like uh, Lula, Lula da Silva, the very popular former president in Brazil, is going to jail for corruption for 12 years. So his, uh, I think that might put a bit of a halt to his bid for re-election as president. Who knows? I do remember, I guess, uh, probably two years ago, there was a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, Brazil in the news for corruption and uh, the basically the entire government being uh, reorganized, more or less. Yeah. And is this just does... kind of a continuation of that, or is this a new scandal? Um, I think that De Silva was certainly um, under some question. I think there was question about corruption for him at that point, and I, certainly that was when that started, and sort of ever since he's been trying to get back into the political scene, but also been very likely to go to jail hmm. for corruption so yeah there's a lot going on there uh we can say right off the top of the uh episode here that we're talking about systems of democracy and azerbaijan has an interesting system of democracy and that it is a dominant <laughs> party system where it's really hard to foresee any other party winning for a very long oh, yeah. time and finally hungary uh their prime minister uh sought a fourth term and uh, emerged victorious yesterday, the nationalist right-wing Fidesz party with uh, Viktor Orban as the incumbent and future prime minister. So if we jump into types of democracy and then systems of democracy within those two types, mainly uh, one type of democracy, uh, where's where's a good place to start? Uh, yeah, before we dive in, I would say we should probably define democracy because there's a lot of them. So if we get some criteria down, then we can kind of narrow the focus. Okay. All right. So the definition that we're going to go with, and I'm sure somebody would debate it, is that there should be both popular participation, so political participation of all people who can vote, and there should be political contestation. So Uh, People can express their discontent, there's freedom of speech and press, and people have the ability to make meet and then sort of make a decision on political issues. So if we if we look at Azerbaijan as a bit Mm -hmm. of a case study, you can't be thrown in jail for getting together and talking about ideas and having dissenting opinions. Yeah, there's a reason like people are really concerned about Azerbaijan and like are watching it because it has the infrastructure to have a democracy. Hmm. So it has the tools you need, but it's it's not necessarily 
yeah, participation is certainly going to be compromised. And I think you have a, you should be able to say you have a democratic problem if you are suffering from the dominant party system Hmm. issue where there's not going to be turnover. So if we talk about the two types of democracy, then Mm -hmm. the potentially older type that we see kind of moving out of as as societies become larger and Mm -hmm. then generally the type of democracy that most of the world uses at this point yeah so we're starting to talk about direct democracy which um yeah as you allude to is probably we could just say it's a bit of an older system it doesn't it's hard for it to work i think when you have such big states where so many decisions need to be made at once and basically it's just where the whole population gets together and can vote on everything. So with that, you need a much smaller population. And it's useful if all of the decisions affect all of the people, which kind of requires a smaller population if everybody's getting involved. Yeah, yeah. You're, you really need an informed populace, um, and, and and that's easier to do, yeah, on, on issues that directly affect you, whereas like, I don't have a ton of time to figure out what is beneficial in terms of like the Canadian budget. I don't have time to do all the number crunching on that, but I hope that my representative will. (laughs) Well, as a political scientist, you might have some of the time to do that, but you're a special case. A poor example. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have some of that held over into a more probably common form of democracy, which is representative democracy in Mm -hmm. the referendum. Yeah, definitely. The ability, that is the ability to go and vote on a very specific issue Mm -hmm. yeah preferably you have a question that is is very well clearly written and very specific in what it is asking so that the populace can know what they're going to go vote for Uh, there is a bit of a problem sometimes with countries shaping a poor question or the question being a little leading or something and that can be a real problem because it just the population will just vote with whatever is easiest but there's yeah there's usually a difficulty in putting things to referendum because the population doesn't necessarily have time to learn about all the pros and cons but it i mean direct democracy sort of still exists as switzerland has a semi-direct democracy so it has some tools of direct democracy at every level of the government and there is place for this all the citizens to vote but i think outside of that it doesn't exist very much so then what are the hallmarks of a representative democracy then you send representatives uh, so that can be one person or a group of people whose job it is is to be sort of informed on the multitude of decisions you're going to have to make. I guess there's always that question of like, do the representatives make the best decision based on the situation or do they make decisions based on exactly what their population voted them in to go do and that sort of thing. But they do they do go and make decisions and then they go up for election at an interval of years. And the population gets to decide whether they did a good job or not. That is an interesting point that people do debate as to whether or not the elected official is more of a a representative of what you want. So a Mm -hmm. delegate going forward and Mm -hmm. just having your voice representing many voices with one voice. Or is it somebody that goes forward and uh, makes makes an informed decision based on what they believe is best for the population? And what is more more common, would you say, in Canada? So here's, I would say it's the first is what most representatives would say is what they would do. But I think that you get into an issue of like, when you're talking about the, you know, the second one where you're making an informed decision based on what you think would be best is it's really somewhat impossible for uh, one person to be genuinely constantly representing the 
exact like position that their population voted them in to do um but i think probably for in a parliamentary system which we'll get into it can be hard to uh divert from the party lines so if you got elected based on party lines then yes it's probably you're probably doing more exactly what the population elected you to do i could definitely see that as people being elected mainly calling themselves delegate delegates and mm-hmm. not trustees as that sort of yeah makes provides like a holier than thou case it's like well you yeah. guys don't understand so why don't you send me and i'll do what's best for you and everybody else that's yeah. involved yeah it can rub you the wrong way so yeah to recap basically everybody that we talk about other than i think we talked about a swiss referendum one time um, yeah but in general everybody's representative mm-hmm. democracy and you vote for people they go to wherever Capitol Hill is or wherever the <laughs> na- the seat of power is in the country. And they mm-hmm. all, and not only, not only on a national level, we talk about this on a national level, but basically this mm-hmm. is all also uh, replicated at the state or provincial level. And then also yep. at the local level to a, to a smaller yeah. extent. Yeah. And the, I guess what's kind of interesting about that is that it can be different at each level. So the parliamentary level, you like you can have a, a, it's usually all sort of parliamentary systems if you have a parliamentary system at the top, but the way that your government, the way that you elect somebody and the way that that looks is usually different at each level. We still have a lot to get to here with different systems of democracy, but we're basically going to go over the difference between a parliamentary system, a presidential system, and then a semi-presidential system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In general, how we're going to go over this is how the different branches of the government are broken up. There are yeah. generally three branches of government. The executive, which is the head of state and the head of government, not necessarily always the same person, confusingly. <laughs> um, the legislative branch, which is the people who go and they make votes. So those would be members of parliament or uh, Congress people or members of the House of Representatives or some some. Uh, variation of that and then the judicial branch which is the supreme court uh, in most countries and how Mm -hmm. basically the difference between presidential and parliamentary systems is that whether or not the head of state is the head of government is decided by either the people voting or the legislative assembly more or less uh yeah more or less but let's talk about the parliamentary system to begin with (laughs) a little bit deeper I mean, you you did essentially say, I think the parliamentary system places most of the power in that legislative branch that you just broke down. Mm -hmm. The one, so the representatives get, you vote for all your representatives, then the party who ends up with the most representatives gets to pick who will be the leader. Now, usually like in Canada, you kind of know who the leader of that party is most of the throughout the election anyway mm-hmm. so you you kind of feel like you're voting for him that in this case justin trudeau you probably when you voted you probably kind of felt like you're voting for him but not really you're voting for the liberal party and then they chose their leader i do see that as something that people often uh sort of complain about is that yeah. they prefer one national leader but mm-hmm. they don't necessarily agree with the member of parliament at a at a riding level and mm-hmm. people often want that sort of ability just because you're so much more familiar with the national leaders yeah. generally, uh, which is it's kind of strange is that a lot of some people know national leaders, but they don't know their member of parliament. Yeah. Which is very um, weird. 
to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he does get most of the attention. He mm-hmm. also probably in in a lot of cases, or at least in the Canadians' case and the West, I think most of the Westminster system, he gets a lot of power to sort of dictate the direction that the party is going. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not necessarily because he should, but just sort of that is the way it works, especially Canada being so close to the U.S. I think we get a lot of influence that way, where we sort of think we're a presidential system, but we're really, or not that we think we have a president or anything, but that there's an influence there that, that sort of you compare your democracies. Yeah. I think also what I'm sure you'll get into here with the parliamentary system is that individual members of parliament has a, have a lot less uh, movement ability. They, mm-hmm. they generally stick to the party line and that's generally laid out by the prime minister, or the leader of their party. Yeah. That's it. Um, and that's especially in, so in just the parliamentary system, which is has a, does have a fair amount of variety in it, but usually it's a lot easier to have like sort of a minority building a coalition government, and and then there is room for movement in there. But in the Westminster system, and I think again we see a bit of the issue of uh, in Canada anyway of American sort of influences. There's often uh, two party uh, systems yeah. um, in a Westminster system, so it's very hard to get those coalitions which makes the concern about like so means you can get a lot more minority governments yeah and makes a concern about in the parliamentary system there is the possibility this is another key part of it that you can have a non-confidence vote yeah uh, of the legislature so the legislature can decide that they don't have confidence in the government and the head of the head of the government um being like the prime minister and they can just vote them they can vote to have them out and then that either switches the power or starts a new election and when you only have a two-party sort of a two-party or or a three-party system it makes it a lot more important i guess to say you got to vote with the party line or else we're gonna we're gonna lose this vote and sometimes if you lose that vote then you have to go to the election and i think a vote of non-confidence might to canadian listeners sound familiar we had a Mm -hmm. vote of non-confidence back in 2011 when yeah. the uh, Harper minority government uh, had a non-confidence vote brought against them. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because generally when you're reading about this type of stuff, they'll talk about how a non-confidence vote happens when the leader's party themselves uh, mm-hmm. has no confidence in the leader or when the coalition at large doesn't. So generally you would mm-hmm. have a coalition formed in these sorts of government to have a majority of the seats come together and make a choice so the interesting thing about uh the non-confidence vote in canada was that it was actually minority government that was voted down so it wasn't even it wasn't the prime minister's own party necessarily who was unhappy with him which is interesting because it i feel like every time that we're talking about a parliamentary system or a semi-presidential system where Mm -hmm. they then have to go and form a coalition like earlier this year we're talking about uh germany who had no government until they could form a coalition which would have Mm -hmm. a majority of the seats represent the government in a grand coalition Mm -hmm. so yeah why is that that in that we're more willing to have or able to have uh 
minority governments. Is that due to the Westminster system as a whole, or is that just the way that our constitution is written? Yeah, I think so. I think in Canada, you would have a pretty good argument that we sort of have a bit of a dominant party system. Yeah. Um, there's only two parties, really. Like, okay, so maybe the NDP, but current, currently to evidence, there's only two parties that can seem to get elected federally. And yeah. very often, um, the Liberal Party has been called the sort of default party of Canada. So they've been power in a power a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is the possibility of change in Canada, so it's not as I'm. I'm not. Re, I'm not comparing it to Azerbaijan. You know, it's it's different. <laughs> but uh, what a but hot take. so, <laughs> and I think it, to an extent, it does have something to do with the Westminster system. I think you see this in the UK fairly commonly. The Conservatives have been in power a lot, but Canadians, I think, are generally less tolerant of the idea that a government forming could take a while and that things might turn over. And a parliamentary system is supposed to be inherently considerably less stable than the presidential system. There is supposed yeah. to be turnover and there's supposed to, you're supposed to form coalition governments to get a wider mandate um, yeah. and a, a wider base of support, I guess would be a better way of saying that. Um, whereas the I think with the Westminster system, um, you have a lot of countries that use it probably would closely identify with countries like the United States. So there's that element of, so you've got the UK, Australia, New Zealand. So they would, they would sort of be like, oh, this doesn't happen in presidential systems. So we shouldn't necessarily be happening. We use first past the post also, which is an election system that works better for the presidential system. Yeah. We'll talk about the first past the post voting system and why, for some reason, the 2015 Canadian election will not be the last first past the post voting (laughs) uh, (laughs) election, though uh, it should have been. Uh, But we will talk about that in a future episode coming up this Mm -hmm. summer. uh, And that'll kind of make more clear what's what kind of the finer points of this are. Mm -hmm. But it Just quick rundown is that generally in a first past the post system, it favors two large parties because Mm -hmm. all you, because you need to have 50% of the vote plus 1% or plus one person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas in a proportional representation system, you don't necessarily, you don't need to have half the vote. So vote splitting is not really an issue and you can have parties with more focused and refined mandates and that that's yeah. kind of the the, the quick and dirty of <laughs> first past the yeah. post versus pr and there's many different systems that we'll get into uh but we're short on time for one episode so that's <laughs> that's more or less the parliamentary system generally yeah. there are multiple part multiple uh parties involved canada's sort of a special case of the parliamentary system where we have first past the post voting and also some probably american influence uh mm-hmm. which leads to that uh and to go back to the three seats of power or the three mm-hmm. uh, parts of the government, the head of state is different than the head of government in yeah. the parliamentary system. Our head of state is the queen. Yeah. <laughs> and our head of government is elected by the legislative assembly, which is yeah. uh, the party that and they are the, the leader of. It, yeah. And I think this might be important to mention because it can be tricky is that sometimes when you look at other countries, they are parliamentary systems, but they have a president. And they have a president because that's their head of state, essentially the equivalent of the queen. Yeah. But they don't have they don't want a monarchy. They don't want a monarchy. They don't have a monarchy. But it's not a presidential system. Yeah. And he has significantly less power. He's more of a ceremonial role. Yeah. Similar to the queen. Okay. So to move from the parliamentary system then into the actual presidential system, in this system, the 
head of government and the head of state are the same person and they are elected separately uh yeah you usually not, so not the, the, the person no, no, is elected no. so at the, the same time the, but yeah. the legislative assembly is elected separately separate. yeah. from you vote for the president generally yeah and they so basically the president is elected the legislature which is usually the house of representatives or congress or something like that do not get a say in in his or hers position of power Sorry, I realized I used only he last time. I recognize that the president can be a woman. Uh, and so the, le- yeah, the legislative uh, assembly is elected separately from him. So they have, they have very much more distinct powers from the president. So they get to make the budget. They get to make the legislation. He gets control internationally. Uh, he or she can view new things usually. Very separate, though, responsibilities. Yeah. They are uh, distinctly separate bodies of government and mm-hmm. power is concentrated more in the executive branch in a yeah. in a presidential system which because there is no also uh no vote of non-confidence the only way mm-hmm. that you can remove president generally is through impeachment uh for yep. a crime that has been committed <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so these forms of government are much more stable than the parliamentary yeah. system as they are not easily dissolved and mm-hmm generally they don't necessarily get more done through their stability due to the mm-hmm. ability to have a a split between the executive and the legislative branch mm-hmm. but they are more stable and you'll yeah. see fewer <laughs> there's there are no snap elections no. there are no uh, votes of non-confidence there are no there's no dissolution when you vote there is a there is a legislative body and a president chosen the next day it mm-hmm. doesn't take months, as long as you can count yeah. the votes. Yeah, and I think, so we should, just to be clear, most, the majority of countries have a parliamentary system, and I think there's a, and like most of the presidential systems are in the Americas, mm-hmm. um, sort of, I guess, all sort of springing out of, uh, of the U.S. for sure. Yeah, South um, America is almost entirely presidential systems. Presidential systems, yeah. And similar um, with Central America. yeah. And I think, so you do have, yeah, he gets to make, he or she, the president gets to make a cabinet that does not, uh, yeah, that you can't get rid of unless they do something that displeases the president or something that is illegal. And the same with the president. So, and I think in some ways this can be tricky for countries who have maybe come out of dictatorships just because it can lend itself to vesting a lot of power in Mm -hmm. the president. Yeah. so that I think that would be one argument for why sometimes presidential systems are a little less popular or a little less likely to result maybe a democracy mm-hmm. th- as we defined it. Because, I mean, you see, I, Russia is technically a semi-presidential system, but they have a president. We, Colombia, we talked about how that was sort of a tricky democracy, and that is actually just a presidential system. Mm-hmm. Um, and South Korea... It sometimes has democracy issues and also a presidential system. That's not to say that it's impossible for a parliamentary system to have them, but uh, there can be a bit of a problem when the president doesn't really have to answer to anybody. Yeah. Uh, There is one other form of government that we have covered on probably about politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the past, we have talked about a theocracy, a a type of theocracy in Iran. Uh, mm-hmm. where the 
church has quite a bit of sway and yeah. mem <laughs> members of government are specifically allocated through the church itself. Uh, yeah. But Iran is still a democracy. There is aspects of democracy there, but yeah. also... Uh, so if I you think... want an interesting and more complex uh, <laughs> homework to go for, uh, <laughs> yeah. go go into Iran and see how uh, that voting system is done. Actually, listen to the Iran episode. I think it's still on. Probably. Yeah, it's on. I think. Cloud. Yeah. And I think we really did actually talk a fair bit about how it works. Like it's it's definitely a country like, again, not to directly compare it to Azerbaijan, but it's another country where they have the tool. They have several of the systems of democracy, but it's certainly questionable whether they actually would by our definition have democracy yeah and finally uh what about the semi-presidential system okay yeah so this is last and we'll do it kind of quick and dirty um but it does cover a few countries like russia portugal ukraine taiwan all countries that we covered um and it means that a president exists sort of alongside a prime minister mm -hmm. um and a cabinet so the the prime minister and the the cabinet are responsible to the legislature and the president is separately elected but they have the president actually does have uh more than ceremonial powers he probably a lot of the time he or she probably has power over the armed forces um so in france like is a semi-presidential system and i guess the best way to break this down is the president oversees usually foreign policy and defense policy while the prime minister gets like that uh, domestic and economic policy um, but otherwise it's pretty similar uh, but a president is elected in a separate election which might in some ways answer the problem that canadians have with uh, electing a head of state rather than or electing the prime minister feeling they're electing the prime minister rather than their representative uh, mm. because you do get a chance to elect a president separate from the legislature okay so in conclusion Mm -hmm. no predictions but finally a conclusion yes uh democracy requires people voting and mm -hmm. being able to talk about what you're voting for and whether or not you're happy with it without being persecuted by the government yeah representative democracy is you vote for somebody who then goes to the capital in your country mm -hmm. and then they either uh, do what you tell them to do or do mm -hmm what they believe is best for you if those two things are different or separate from each other sometimes mm -hmm. they're the same thing often and the parliamentary system has the head of state and the head of government as the same person and they're all voted at the same time mm -hmm. whereas a presidential system the legislative branch is very separate from the uh, executive branch and more of mm -hmm. the power is vested in a single person in the executive yes yeah they everybody gets distinct powers that's essentially if that's all you take from it that's what you need to know go if you're going to listen to further podcasts i guess well if you if you're listening and you didn't know before and it, it was going fine then you maybe you don't need to know this who knows okay so we have we have some sweater news we're putting it at the end this week uh mm -hmm. most of the sweaters are out Making there wait. uh yeah. if you haven't gotten your sweater yet send us an email at probably about politics at gmail.com yeah. or tweet at us at prob politics send us an angry tweet i hear that gets uh <laughs> that gets companies to respond we'll apologize yeah. for something if you tweet angry things at us yeah uh, and if you have your sweaters tweet at us wearing them send us pictures of wearing yeah. your probably about politics sweaters in the wild yeah i'll retweet them or tweet about them uh, we we love seeing our many listeners
this episode marks the start of our summer of theory, our our mid-spring of theory as well right now, <laughs> as uh, our co-hosts will once again be in uh, not only different parts of the country, but different sides of the globe for the summer. Oh, yes. Uh, so we're going to be pre-recording some theory uh, podcasts, and we'll be putting those up monthly throughout uh, the summer until our triumphant return in September. So keep an eye out for those.